Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. So that's a whole lot of logistics. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes into that. And so our two churches and our teams are working together to make sure that all that works well and that your experience is good and their experience is good as well. So be patient with us, but we are working on that. Amen? Thanks. All right. Awesome. Well, let's jump right into what we're doing. We're in week two of the series called Uphill Habits, and we're doing this at the beginning of the year to help us focus on the habits that we have because our habits really matter, because our habits have have huge potential to impact our lives because we are what we repeatedly do. You are what you repeatedly do over and over again, and most of us, we have habits that we like. Others of us, you got a few things in your life, you're like, man, I really wish that I could quit doing this thing. And at the beginning of the year, that's why we have these things called New Year resolutions. People try to identify, what are those things that I want to change about me? And so they write them down and they say, New Year, New Me, and I'm going to work on it. Because they know that you form your habits and then your habits form you. It, it, this, is, this is understood. This is why we're going to change it. We want to change the little things that we do so that we can have a new us. And because you are what you've decided to repeatedly do. And New Year's resolutions get set, and we have big expectations, we have hope, we get excited, all that is great, but the problem is, most of us have uphill hope, but we have downhill habits. Now, hope is great. I think it's important that you know that I'm all on board for you having hope that things can be different in your life. Hope is the great motivator, but it is not something that will keep you in the game. It will not keep you in the grind. It will not keep you day to day doing what you need to do because on the other side of that is the downhill habits. Most of us have habits that are defeating what we're hoping will change. So we've got to work on these habits. We have to get new habits in our lives because that's why many people quit their resolutions before the end of January. They have hope things will change, but they don't fix those bad habits. They don't address them. And so we've got to do that. We've got to have hope, but you need the right habits. And these uphill habits that I'm talking about are not easy. But you, how many of you know that anything easy is not worthwhile? All the uphill stuff, that stuff is worthwhile. So stop expecting them to be easy. In fact, if you were to look at a lot of God's ways, God's ways are uphill. But the good news is when we start talking about God's ways, with his ways being uphill, his ways being not easy, the moment you decide to get on board for him, God's right there with you. And God's going to do it with you. He's going to give you the strength. He's going to add his power to whatever it is you're doing so that you can accomplish them. He's by your side. That's why this is our key verse for the series. It's Romans 12 too. It says, fix your attention on God. And that's like the number one thing that we need to do through this series in order to to shift our habits. Fix your attention on God. If you'll do that, you'll be changed from the inside out. Now, many of us try to change from the outside in, right? We want to change our outward behaviors in order to be changed inwardly, but that never works. Honestly, if you and I could do that on our own, change our outward behavior so that to change our inside, how we feel, our, our inner drive. If, if we could do that on our own, we'd have already done it. The fact is you cannot do it from outside in. It must be done from the inside out. It says readily recognize what he wants from you, he being God in this situation, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, that's the world, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings out the best of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. God does that. God is the one who brings out the best in you. That's what he wants to do, and he can only do it through a process and a journey that he wants to take on you, take you on. And And that's what we want to do. We want to take you on that journey. We're inviting you to a process that will lead you to a place where you experience well-formed maturity in your life. That's why we're doing 21 days of prayer. This is part of a process. We're in day eight of 21 days of prayer. Anybody out there feeling that, right? That's feeling energized, feeling strengthened. Like, man, my, my day has been transformed because I'm making time to commit to prayer. And we want to invite you to do that. We're, we're just setting up time 
Sometime. I'm not telling you to make it an hour. We we even talked about it with the first 15 minutes of your day. But setting aside some time to talk to God each day. And if you haven't joined us so far, or maybe maybe you started on the journey, but you faltered today, and you're like, well, now I'm not going to complete the 21 days. Don't be legalistic about this thing. Just jump back in, all right? Join us today on day eight of this. And then in addition to praying, we're also fasting. And that may be a new concept to you, but ultimately fasting is deciding that I'm going to go without something in order to gain something in the spirit realm or to connect with God in a different way. Oftentimes, whenever we fast, it mostly is about food, but there are other kinds of fasts that you can do. You can fast. Uh, I gave you a whole bunch of them last week, and a whole bunch of resources are on our website as well, so you can listen to the message last week if you want to know more about fasting, but, but it doesn't just have to be about food. You, you can turn off the TV and do, do a soul fast, and, and, and we would just love you to join us on that journey, all right? It's a journey of transformation. But, but you may ask the question, Aaron, why is this 21 days? Why isn't it 10? Couldn't it just be three, bless God? <laughs> why is it 21 days? Well, because it takes 21 days to break or start a new habit. That, that, that's it. It's simply that. And you need to know that in your life, what you starve dies and what you feed thrives. In other words, the appetite for whatever it is in your life that you want changed, whether it's for food or for reading or if I'm not sure, just, just name whatever that is, the appetite you desire to have, you are or you, you hunger or you, you desire what you feed yourself. In other words, it will change if you starve the other thing and begin feeding yourself something new. Saying no to some things and allowing it to die and saying yes to some things and allowing them to grow. And so here's what we're doing. In this series, we're talking about some uphill habits. We've got to make some changes. We've got to make some shifts. And last week was the first of the four habits. And listen, I'm going to dare you. I'm going to double dog dare you to try these things. Just test them. That's the only way you're going to know if they work or not is to test them. Try them. Last week, we talked about habit number one, which was a focus on what we do first because first things carry the priority right? First things also carry power to them. The Bible says that if you put God first in everything, that he'll bless the rest. And so it's important that you learn to put God first. And that's what we focused on last week. This week, we're going to talk about habit number two, and this is our need to control our thoughts. We need to control our thoughts. The Bible has a lot to say about thinking, because if you consider this, if you consider this, every pivotal life change in your life that has happened, began with thinking. Every change you've ever experienced, every every shift that you've ever made started with a thought. It's true for you, it's true for me. You know, I grew up in church. Many of you know my story, and I I I never get tired of telling it. I'm sure you get tired of hearing it, but, but I grew up in church, and Somewhere along, I mean, like I was baptized at age eight and, and, and knew that I was called to ministry at age 16 and, 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 and was pursuing, pursuing ministry. Didn't know how to do that, but was pursuing that as a young man in a young minister's club. And somewhere along the way, I allowed church leadership to offend my heart. And I said, God, I don't want anything to do with your people. And I know you're all about your people. So I guess that means you're out too. And I started seven years of, of being far from God and walking away from him. But in 2010, a friend invited me to a church, and we went. My family went. I knew I had young kids at this point, and I knew they needed to go to church, even though my heart was angry and upset with God. Theirs wasn't. I knew they weren't carrying the baggage, and I wound up sitting down with that pastor and telling him, I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to give, and I'm only here because you make me laugh. I mean, I was rigid, man. I was tough with him, and he was like, you're welcome here. And do you know what happened? Yeah, my heart completely changed, but do you know where that started? A thought that, man, these people are something that I want. Man, these people know a God that, that, that maybe I don't know. These people are loving, these people are accepting, and I want what they have. And so I began doing what they were doing, and my life began to change. Same with my marriage when I walked in there. My marriage was broken. Give us six more months, and I promise you we would have been divorced. Something shifted. Our thinking our thinking changed, and now our marriage was restored. I walked in with addiction. Many of you that have faced some kind of addiction of some level, whether it's drugs and alcohol, pornography, or something else, Oreos, I don't know. That's like a thing. You guys know that, right? Addiction too. So many of you guys don't even know it, but you're addicted to your phones. Do you know how that changes? 
it shifts and changes with your thinking. That's where it starts. Same thing when, when, when I knew that I was called to be a pastor. Man, I resisted that stuff because of my worth issues. I felt unqualified. Anybody ever identify with that? The thing God's asked you to do, you feel like you can't do it because you've done too much or you know your history and other people know it too. And, and, and I felt, man, I could, I could go to a church and be on staff somewhere. I don't think I could be the lead pastor. And I resisted this. And God reminded me that he doesn't, didn't call me because I was qualified. He called me because he was in this and wanted to do it. Something shifted. My thinking changed. And it's the same for you. Your life will be marked by how well you do this habit. The truth is you'll never change your life until you change the way you think. It's never going to change. Nothing, nothing ever begins in the doing of the thing. It begins in the thinking. It begins in the thinking. Ecclesiastes 10.2 says this, Wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking, or stinking thinking, I had a principal in high school that said that, stinking thinking. It's your stinking thinking that's got you in the office again, Aaron. <laughs> Actually, he said that to my brother a lot, not to me. He didn't. <laughs> he said it leads to wrong living. So, so it's all about our thoughts. And so today, here's what I want to do. I want to give you two separate teachings. First one is to teach you about the theology of thinking and the principles behind it, and then give you some practical applications. So here we go. Let's jump into it. The very first principle about thinking is that everything, everything begins with a thought. Whatever you're doing well, whatever you're, you're doing that you don't like, all of it started with a thought. In fact, you can't change that behavior without changing the thought that started that behavior. That's why I try to start, the, I guard like the first part of my day. I guard my thoughts. I don't get into my email. I don't look at my stock market. I don't look at the news. I'm not getting on Facebook and social media. I want, I want to guard the very first part of my day and give that to God first because I don't want to start my day out wrong. I don't want to start my day with the wrong kind of thinking because it begins with a thought. And many of you guys, listen, you're starting your day off all wrong. You're starting your day off engaging with news. There's nothing going on on the news that's good for you. Wait until the end of the day or don't look at it at all. There's nothing. Your stock market, don't, start, don't look at your stocks first thing in the morning. Can I get an amen lately? Jeez. Don't do that. It'll just ruin your day. Don't start that. You don't want to start your day grumpy. I heard a lady say one time, she said, I, I, sometimes I wake up grumpy. Other times I just let him sleep in. <laughs> Oh, did you hear the last laugh? It was a, it was a, it was a pity laugh. <laughs> Threw that one out for me. <laughs> Many of you guys wonder why you wake up grumpy. You wonder why your, your day starts off so poor, and it's because you're giving your thoughts to, to things that are stirring you up. You're giving your, your thoughts to things that are, are taking them in a negative direction. Can I just pastor you for a second? Can I just love you and maybe, maybe sound a little dad-like for a second? Many of you guys use your cell phones for your alarms. Don't, don't stick up your hands. I don't need to see who does it. Many of you do. And you use your, your cell phones for an alarm. And so it's the, literally the last thing you look at before you go to bed. You'll set that alarm and then you get onto Facebook and you peruse for a bit and you hang out on your apps and you check out your Snapchat and you do all your things and then you lay your phone down to go to sleep. And then in the middle of the night, if you get up to go to the bathroom, you pick it up because it's also your clock, you know, and you look at it, and then you go to Facebook, it's 2 a.m. Next thing you know, it's 3.30 in the morning, and you're still, that's not my point. But that alarm goes off, and you turn it off, and the very first thing you do is exactly what you did when you went to bed. You start scrolling. You start checking your email. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you, that phone is controlling your life and your thoughts a little more than you think it is. And you need to, you need to be careful. You need to be careful. You say, well, what do I do? Go to Walmart. There's a $3 alarm clock you can get. I promise, it, it's, it'll be fine. You plug it into the wall. It's digital. It's got these numbers on it. It's like about this big, you know. It'll change your life. You're laughing, but it'll change your life. You say, Aaron, why, why does this matter? Why, why does it matter? Because every process God wants to do in you begins with your thinking. It begins with your thinking. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by going to church on Sunday mornings at Simple Church? Nope. 
by changing the way you think. That, that, everything begins with a thought. Principle number two, what we think determines how we feel. What we think determines how we feel. A lot of you guys blame how you feel on your boss. Or you blame it on the economy. Or you blame it on, on the president. Or you blame it on political figures. Or you blame it on your kids. Or you blame it on social media or something. There's something. You, you blame your, your thoughts and you blame how you feel on other things. But those things are not actually responsible for how you feel. You and you alone are responsible for how you feel. You choose to pick up anger. You choose to pick up offense. I did a message on that a couple weeks ago called Unoffendable. You should listen to it. Seriously. You, offense is a choice. And how you feel in response to whatever's going on in the world around you is your choice. You choose to respond and how you respond to negative things. That's why I think it's important that we filter our minds. Because there's lots of thoughts out there that are available for you. Go for it. If you want to join someone's cause, that's fine. But you don't have to feel the, the way that they feel about it in order to accomplish what they're doing. Like, my goodness, you need to be careful which one's attached to you. That's why I want to challenge you. If you're, if you're listening, I'm going to challenge you for one week. And, 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 and some of you are, are, are already checked out at the challenge part. <laughs> Check it out. I'm going to challenge you for one week to try something. And you're never going to know if this is going to work unless you just do it, all right? But I'm going to challenge you to turn off your social media for a week. Now, I know that we post up our daily prayer stuff on social media. You can log on, look at that, and then close it again, okay? That's what I do every day. You can do it. Don't be legalistic about it. But, but turn off your social media. Turn off the news. You'll find out what happened on Sunday, next week. You can start looking at the news again. Don't look at your stocks. Don't, don't, don't turn, off, turn off the secular music. Turn off all the, the different thoughts that are out there. And it's not, I'm not just challenging you to turn it all off for a week. I'm also asking you to change what's input as well. And I'm going to challenge you to, to listen to worship music. And I'm not asking you to do this as a sacrifice or an offering to God. I'm asking you to do it as a test so that you can test it and prove that what this scripture says is true. It says, if you'll think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and the peace of God will be with you. Man, that's what I want for you. That's honestly what I pray for you more than anything. Do you know that? Because the truth is, I can't change your individual circumstances. I don't have the power to do that. I, I, I wish I could. But I can't. What I can do is get you connected to a God who will bring peace into your life through your relationship with him. That's what I want for you. I want you to have peace because of your relationship with him. That's why I'm challenging you with this one-week challenge. Some of you are like, man, Aaron, I don't really know. I don't know what, what, worship, music, what worship music should I listen to. What, what does it sound like? If I'm going to do this, if I'm going to join you and turn all this stuff off, what should I be listening to? Well, I'm glad you asked. I made it super easy for you. If you have the Simple Church app, does anybody have the app? If you got the app, on the main page, scroll down to the bottom, it says Spotify Worship Playlist. And if you click that, we've put together a list of amazing music that you can just listen to throughout the day, all the time. It, it's, it's free. You don't, you don't have to pay for anything on Spotify. You can. They do have those kind of accounts, but you don't have to. It'll be free for you. We're also posted on social media later on, which, by the way, you just... Click that link and save it and then get off social media if you're going to take that challenge, all right? But, but if you don't know what Spotify is, ask somebody under the age of 40 and they will help you, okay? <laughs> all right. <laughs> so let's take the challenge, everyone. Let, let's filter our minds because what we think determines how we feel. Principle number three is our thoughts determine our destiny. Where you are this time next year will be determined by your thoughts today. That's some truth. That's powerful. Check this out. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. It says, sow a thought and you reap an action. Sow an action and you reap a habit. Sow a habit and you reap a lifestyle. Sow a lifestyle and you reap your destiny. Now, when you look at that, you'll notice that the very first action that is there is the word thought. And the last word is destiny. That means your thoughts determine your destiny and your destination. 
So if you want to change your destination, you have to change your thoughts. You are today what your, where your thoughts have brought you. That means that tomorrow you'll go wherever your thoughts take you. Now, some of you are already pushing back, I'm sure. Maybe you're thinking, listening to this, going, man, that sounds like Tony Robbins. That sounds like positive thinking. No, it's not. It's scriptural, and I can show it to you. Check out Romans 8, 5 through 6. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. So those people that, that have bad habits in their life, those people that are doing things that are taking them far from God and missing, missing the mark of his best for their life, they, they think about those things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. And, and, and if, you're, if you're dominated by sinful thoughts, if you're dominated by that kind of stuff, there is going to be death somewhere in your life. Whether it's a physical death or not, a death in your relationship, a death in the favor that you find, a death in the opportunities that are available to you, there's all kinds of death to be experienced, a death to your peace, death to a good night's sleep. There's a lot that you can experience. It says, but if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. Remember, that's what I want for you most. And the only way to prove this is to test it. So try it and watch what God does this week. Just trying to give you some, some things. So th these, are, these are things that, that'll, that'll help you to understand your thinking. And now let me just give you a couple practical applications to how you get your arms around your thinking and have a good thought life. Because if you check out 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, it, it talks about our thought life very, very clearly. It says, for although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. Keep going. It says, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. Here's how we do it. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bows in obedience to the anointed one. So you want to overcome the enemy in your life? You want to take charge over what he's trying to do in your life and how he's trying to manipulate you and destroy your life? Then you need to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. How do we do that? Here's the plan. Step one, find a plan to control your thoughts. Find a plan to control your thoughts. Get your arms around what you allow into your mind. And the best way to do that is not just by what you exclude, it's by what you include as well. That's why that worship music is so important. But the most important thing for you is to read the Bible. Read the Bible. Do you know that this is like a game changer for you, right? Reading the Bible changes everything. Here's why. I'm not asking you to read it as just like a daily discipline. I want you to do that. But I want you to read the Bible and watch how it changes your thinking. Watch how when you learn what God thinks about you, when you learn how much he loves you, when you learn what he did for you, Watch how that shapes and changes your thinking. Because I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll remove demonic thoughts and replace it with God's truth, which is powerful for you. And I'll tell you the truth about the Bible is that this Bible is not like any other book. It's not like any other book. You don't just read the Bible. The Bible actually reads you. The Bible is alive. It has power in it and in those words. And so check out what Hebrews 4 says. It says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. In other words, it'll get all up inside of your heart. Joints and marrow. It judges, here it goes, the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Reading God's word challenges the thoughts and attitude of your heart. In other words, that when you begin to think, in a way that is negative, when you begin to think in a way that is in alignment with what the enemy wants for your life, when you begin to think in a way that is nothing but lies, when you begin to think in a way that is untrue, this, the Holy Spirit speaks to you, reminds you what God's word says. It says, that's not what God said about you. That's not God's best for you. That's not how he feels about you. God's not angry at you. He loves you. Remember, it'll remind you and that'll transform everything about you because your, your thoughts are changed. And the Holy Spirit will remind you, you don't need to think that way because God says this. Everything will change if you know how God thinks about you. 
That's why we tell you to read the Bible. And we made it easy for you. Once again, the Simple Church app, on that app, there is a Bible, and there's tons of translations on it, okay? So if you like the message paraphrase because it says everything simply in today's language, then go for that. If you like the New Life translation, that's my favorite. Some of you, though, are hardcore King James Version. Like, you want all the these and the thous and the arts. Come on. Go for it. It's there. That translation is in there. You can read your Bible right there. In fact, there's a daily reading plan called the One Year Bible. Yeah, and if you, if you sign up for that every day that you read that, do you know what you're going to be reading? Exactly what I'm reading because that's the plan that I follow. Every day that you get on, you want to know what I'm reading? Do you want to know what God's talking to me about? It's going to be right there. You can read the same stuff. So, so join us on that. It gives you a little bit of the Old Testament, gives you a little bit of the New Testament, some Psalms and Proverbs every day so that you can get through your Bible in a year. Now listen, here's the one thing I'm going to, one caveat on this. I talk to a lot of people and I give them these reading plans and I say, do this. And every day when you read it, for those of you that like lists and you like checking things off a list, come on, where are my, my A-type people at, right? Like you just enjoy that stuff. I love lists. But, but, but when you read it, 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 gives you, it gives you little places to check off. I read that verse. I read that verse. I read that verse. I read that verse. And then for the day, it'll turn the day. It's got a calendar. It turns the day green. Ooh, I like it a lot. <laughs> So not only do I get to check the list, but then I get a green, like, and, I get, and I got rows and rows of green. Like, it just makes me feel happy. And some, of you, some of you are just like me. You like all the green, but then some, someday you get a white because, man, I, I just didn't get to it today. I, 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 got, I woke up late. What, whatever happened, and you missed today. And, then, and because you missed that day, reading that day and the next day feels a little overwhelming to you, and so you don't do that. And then you go on, and then you got a whole week's worth, and you're like, man, I'm like a week behind. i got to catch up. Don't do that. Please, please don't do that. Don't, don't, don't try to catch up. Just, just that, that, those verses that you missed, they'll be there next year because you're going to read your Bible, and then you're going to read your Bible. You're going to do it again yet, next year, right? So just pick up where you're at. Don't be legalistic about it, and don't let it stop you from reading your Bible. Just start again today because you need to read your Bible, and then read the Bible, okay? Number two, find a place to think my thoughts. Man, at some point in time in your day, you need to find a place where the world's volume gets turned down, and you tune in to, for just a moment into God's voice, where, where you focus just on him and let him speak to you. What am I talking about? I'm telling you to have a daily conversation with God. We call it prayer. You, you need to have daily time. Now, I hear this so often. People push back, and they say, well, I don't know how to pray. I've never prayed. I've never prayed out loud. I've never prayed with anybody. And I don't know how to pray. And I'm not qualified. And I didn't read the books you read. And I didn't go to Bible school. And I didn't grow up in church. And I don't know how to talk to God. And they go on this very long tirade of all the reasons why they can't. And then I look at them and say, but you sure know how to talk real well, though, because you just told me all the reasons you could not pray. Why don't you just do that with God? Just start talking to God the same way you're talking to me. There's no formality to it. God doesn't need everything to rhyme in time, all the lines. It'll be fine if it doesn't rhyme. Doesn't have to. You don't have to do prose. You don't have to do, be poetic when you talk to God. He, he doesn't need you to talk to him King James Version either. You don't have to say all the thous and the arts and, the, and, and you, you don't have to know all the big words. And God, God just wants to hear from you. Truth is, he loves you. And if you're a parent here today, you know how amazing it is just to hear from your kids. Just to have them want to talk to you is, is an incredible experience. God just wants to hear from you. He loves you. So just take time. Slow down. And just talk to him how you talk. Even if you don't know how to do it, just tell him that. I'm not even sure how to do this, God. But Pastor Aaron says I got to talk to you. So here I am. I'm talking to you. Oh, thanks for Jesus. Appreciate that. And uh, be with my family. My mom's not doing too good. Uh, and uh, help me have a good day. I just, uh, amen. I mean, that, come on, that's, that's so simple. That's where we start. That's a great place to start. God just wants to hear from you. Have, have a conversation with him. And here's what will happen if you do. Isaiah 26.3 says this, you'll keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, 
All whose thoughts are fixed on you. When you turn your attention to God, there's that peace word again. In the New Testament, it says it this way. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. In other words, when you pray, your prayers touch heaven and bring them to earth for just a moment. Brings heaven to earth. It brings heavenly things to earth because you're not dealing with, you're not thinking about your problems. You're not thinking about what's going on in your world. You're, You're focusing on something heavenly. And let me tell you something. If you're not taking some time during your day to focus on heaven, on things of of heaven, then then you're not going to have much hope and much peace in your life. It's just not not going to happen. You you need to talk to God. The third thing, and these are just practical ways to help you live out a better thinking process. You can take them or leave them. Third thing is, you should take them though. I'm just telling you, don't, don't leave them. You should take them. Somebody told me this morning that if you give people an option, they'll choose the one that's easier for them. Don't, don't take the easy one. Don't, you should take these. Okay, don't leave them. Here it is. Number three, find a person to stretch my thoughts. Find a person to stretch my thoughts. Listen, your life is going to be awesome when you get to know God. When you take that step towards him, the Bible says he takes a huge step towards you, and that's awesome. Your, your life will completely change but it will not reach its full potential unless you connect with his people. It's the truth. It just will not happen. You can connect with God, but his design is for you to be connected with his people. Some of you don't like that because you're like, well, I got this all by myself. Me and Jesus were good. I had one guy tell me, he was leaving our church, and I was like, why are you leaving our church? He's well... He said, because I heard people talking about this political thing and that, and, and I heard people making this kind of joke, and I just didn't think that that was very good. And I just, I just, I don't know, I just thought Christians should be, be, act better and be perfect. And, and so he's, he's off looking for another church. And, and even removed himself from church for a long time. It's just, I, I'm, he's, I'm, I said, well, buddy, I said, if you're looking for some perfect people, you ain't going to find them. You're going to keep looking. You, you're just not going to find perfect people. And that's why people remove, because I can't, I can't stand them Christians. They're hypocritical. They're just, they, they, they say they love Jesus, but they don't always live like it. Well, neither do you. Hey, where's the perfect people in this room? Raise your hand so we can shoot you. <laughs> I say that confidently because there aren't any. There aren't any. You're not perfect either. And you need to be connected with God's people. Give up your excuses. Make room for people's faults. Be unoffendable. It's not even the message today. That was just for free. It's not even written here. Not in my notes. Just for free. The truth is, God's, God's got it set up that if, that if you sin, God says, if you're just faithful, if, you, if you'll just confess that to him, he's faithful to forgive you. End of story. doesn't matter if it's one that you've repeated over and over again for 10 years of your life. If you, if you ask him for forgiveness, it's yours. It's already settled. Jesus died on the cross. It's done. But... God said, if you want healing from that thing, then you need to talk to another person about it. That's James 5, 16. It says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another so that you can be healed. You want forgiveness, you talk to God. You want to step out of that cycle that you're stuck in? You got to talk to somebody. I know that that's uncomfortable. Listen, I have, I have several people in my life that I confess the very uncomfortable things in my, in my head to that I share them with. It's never fun. But you know what it is? It's very freeing. Because what happens when I confess it and they pray with me is that I'm healed of it. Confess your faults one to another. You need other people. That's why I encourage you this one simple thing. Get in a group. 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 Many of you are here on Sunday morning. You're like, well, I don't really know anybody. Are you in a group? Did you go to a group? Now, we're, we're currently on pause, like we're on, on winter break, and, and our grow groups start here in two weeks, February 6th. Anybody excited about grow groups in this house? See? You need to be in a group. In the next couple weeks, we're going, to be, we're going to be giving you opportunities. Those groups will be up for you to get signed up for. Man, I think there's going to be about 20 of them, but I'll tell you, we need more. We need more groups, but you need to be in a group. So that you can get into a place where you're able to be honest with somebody, take off the mask and be real with somebody and say, this is what I'm struggling with. And when you do that, you're going to find that that person that you're talking to is going to take off their mask and go, man, I'm struggling with the same thing too. 
And you all are going to pray for one another and your lives are going to be changed because you're going to learn a new way to think together. You're going to learn a new way to be. Find freedom from your old way of thinking. It's important. Groups will start February 6th. If you're interested in leading a group and have never led a group, there's leader training directly after service today in the bridge. So the bridge, just let me, since we've talked about there's very little here, the layout of this building. As you go down the stairs to the main hallway out, or the main foyer out there, on the right is a room called the bridge. It's a big room. Uh, you think it looks like a conference room. That's where you want to be. They're buying Jets pizza. I'm just saying. So if you're interested in, in leading a group and having you, get, go in there. But I, I would say we need more positive environments to be in where we can be stretched. And we choose those environments. That's our responsibility. So get in a group. Scripture in Hebrews 10, it says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. There's that one another. You know, you can't one another by yourself. This is why you need to be connected to God's people, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And the world is getting worse and worse, and you need people in your life to make it livable. Number four, find a purpose to land your thoughts. You know, the healthiest thought you can have here on earth has to do with your purpose. It's all about your purpose. The most miserable people I know today are the people that have no purpose in life. They, they don't know why they're here. They're completely miserable. I have a friend who has a job, and he was telling me this past week, he's like, man, he said, I'm there eight hours a day, and the only thing I get to do is answer the phone. And if that phone isn't ringing, I'm not allowed to do anything. And I was like, well, how many times did the phone ring that day? He said, well, today, let's see. The phone rang seven times, and I answered it. Okay, how long were you on the phone? Four minutes a call. So 28 minutes of your eight-hour day was spent on a call. What did you do with the rest of your time? He said, I stared into the abyss. <laughs> and, he, and he's miserable. He's miserable. Do you know why he's miserable? Because he has no purpose seven and a half hours of his eight-hour shift. Like when you lack purpose in your life, you are miserable. But God, and you all know that I love to see a but God in a verse here, you know? But God, God has a plan for your life. And it involves two things, settling your past, which he did through Jesus, and focusing on your future. That's why we focus so much here at Simple Church on helping you discover your purpose. The Bible says this in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's your thoughts again, guys. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Do you know I'm tempted like you, just like you. I'm, I'm just a guy. Some of you think I'm super spiritual and that I don't struggle with the stuff you struggle with, and you'd be wrong. And when I face temptation, do you know the, the number one thing that brings me around? It's you. It's you. It's this church. Do you know why that is? Because my purpose in life is to reach people and to lead, lead you to reach people far from God and teach them to follow Jesus step by step. See, I know who I am. I know what I'm called to do. And it makes, it makes my thinking get in line so quick when I'm tempted to do something I ought not be doing. I think, you know what, if I, if I do that, what I'm made to do is, is at risk. And I don't want that to happen. And it's the same for you. If you know why you're here, it'll straighten out your thinking quickly. It's why at some point in, in your journey, I'm asking you, to, to attend the growth track classes. Now, I know they've been on pause for December and January, but we're going to start them again in February. Go, go to growth track. It's four simple steps to understanding your purpose. All those, those four classes, four Sundays, it's all I'm asking you to give me at some point in time. It's to take those steps to understanding why you're here on this earth. It'll affect you. It'll change your life. First step is, is all about membership. The second step is all about discovering your purpose. We give you some assessments. It's kind of like a lab thing. The third one is, is all about developing your leadership. And the last step, the fourth step, is, about, is, is the opportunity to, to live that out and join a team here at our church. But we created growth tracks so that you have a pathway to find your purpose and to land your thoughts. And the last one thing you're going to need here, number five, especially once you connect with your purpose, 
So you're going to need to find a power to fuel your thoughts. When God speaks to you to tell you what it is he has for you to do, it's not going to be something that you can do on your own. In fact, I believe God takes great joy in that. Because when God tells you, when he reveals to you what he wants you to do, he wants to join you in that journey. He wants to partner with you in it. He wants to be part of your life. You know, that's been one of my constant prayers here as, as the pastor of this church, even before we started it. Was God do something so incredible that when people see what's going on in this church, that they'll not look at me, they won't look at, at, at our gifts and our talents, that they'll see what God is doing and what's happened and say, that, that has to be God. That, that wasn't a plan that Aaron hatched up. That wasn't because his team is amazing. It wasn't because the people are so generous. It's because God is doing something in this house. And when God calls you to do something, when he reveals your destiny, when he reveals your design, it'll be the same for you. You're going to need God's help in order to do what he wants to do. And that's why he gave you his Holy Spirit. Now, you need to know that, that I don't have time today to teach all about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do that later on this year to, to help you understand his role in your life. But, but one of the biggest things the Holy Spirit does is he helps you connect with God and walk with God on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. God wants to be with you in that way. And if you don't get that, then, then you can't do what God's called you to do. So you have to open your life to the power of the Holy Spirit. You got to do it. Isaiah 55, 9 says this, and here's the power. Here's what happens when you do this. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, God has thoughts that you don't have. His ways are not your ways, but if, if you open your life to the power of his Holy Spirit, he'll give you his thoughts. He'll teach you his ways. He'll transform you from the inside out. It says it this way in Ephesians, and this is one of my favorite verses. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, or here's our word, think, according to the power that works in us. God's able to do way more than you can think. That's why we need to have his thoughts. That's why we need his spirit at work in us. And I get it. People are afraid of what exactly that means to have the Holy Spirit at work in our life because, well, if we're just being honest, we're afraid of it because of the misuse that we've seen on display in our churches. But I promise you that God is not weird, that the Holy Spirit is not weird. In fact, when I was younger, I remember being a kid, and my mom will tell you that this is true. She's sitting right here. When I, when I was young, they, they were talking about receiving the Holy Spirit and, and having him work in your life. And I said, I reached up and I tugged on my mama's skirt and I said, Mama, I want that. But, but if that happens, do I have to be weird? Because see, I went to a church where, where people were flipping cartwheels. They was running and they was screaming. Anybody, can I get a witness out there? You been to a church like that? Yeah. It was kind of crazy. And, and the honesty of a, of a kid, I said, I, I don't want to be weird. That's, that's not what I want. I mean, I'm weird. I'm okay with weird in meaning that I do things differently than the world does it. But I didn't want to flip cartwheels. I, I, I didn't want all that weird stuff. And she leaned over and told me that, that I didn't have to be weird. And I'm, I'm so thankful for a wise mother who, who knew in that moment. Because it changed the trajectory of my life. You don't have to be weird. It, it's not strange. It'd be strange in that you won't look like the rest of the world does, but that's okay because the way the rest of the world's doing it isn't working. Amen? Amen? So you're going to need the Holy Spirit to live out this habit of controlling your thoughts. Don't be afraid of him. Invite him into your day. Invite him into your life. And watch as he leads you down some incredible journeys. Oh, I wish I had all the time to teach about him because, man, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing to learn in your walk with God. But... I want to share one last thing with you as I close that, that I actually uh, I've learned recently from one of my pastors that I follow. His name is uh, Pastor Chris Hodges. And he talks about on the subject of getting your, your mind right, getting your arms around your thoughts. Because I, I'm going to bet if I walked across this room and I had a conversation with everybody in this room, that through conversation I could probably uncover a whole bunch of lies that people have put on you. 
bunch of things they said about you that weren't true, that you'll never amount to nothing, that you can't, you're good, that you, you, you won't do this, or you, you'll never have that. I, somebody, I'm sure they've put all kinds of lies on you, that you'll never change, that you're, you're worthless. And, and those are all lies. That's why it's important that we know God's word. That's why it's important that we read it so we know the truth about ourselves, so that we can defeat those. And Chris talks about it because some of you, for years, that was reinforced into your head, that that's who you were, maybe by a parent, maybe by a teacher or a brother or sister or a bully at school. I'm not sure. But somebody constantly reinforced it, and the only way to battle that is to battle it with the truth. And so Chris talks about a daily declaration that he makes over himself. And I just thought it was so great that, that I picked it up and I started doing it too. And now part of my, my daily routine is to do a declaration. Some, 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 uh, th- this has been probably one of the most powerful moments in my day. And I'm just going to read you my declaration. If you want it, see me and let me know. I'll share it with you. But you can write your own. But th- they're all based on and founded in Scripture. And, and here's what mine says. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife, and I will lay down my life to serve her. My children will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I will nurture, equip, train, and empower them to do more for God's kingdom than they could possibly imagine. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. I'm anointed, equipped, empowered to reach people far from God. My words, thoughts, and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. I love people and believe the best about others. I'm disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I'm anointed, creative, innovative, focused, and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. I equip leaders. That's not something I do. It's who I am. I bring my best and then some. It's what I do after I bring my best that's making the biggest difference. The world will be different and better because I serve Jesus today. And I am a servant of the Most High God. And I'm going to tell you, a daily declaration just sets the stage for the rest of your day. And I just want to encourage you to get one. Let's pray. I wonder in this moment if you would just be sensitive, not to what I'm saying, but what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What do you keep hearing over and over in your heart that maybe, maybe you're, you're struggling with or you're resisting or like, man, that's uncomfortable. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Father, today I pray that you would just give us the boldness and the courage and the grace to make decisions this week, to turn down the volume of the world, to spend time with you, to get our thoughts to be your thoughts. And God, I pray that as we do you would give us your peace. That no matter our circumstances today, give us peace and help us to tune into you. Now, there are plenty of people in this room right now, you would identify yourself as somebody that's far from God. Whether you've never known, known him before or maybe, maybe your story's like mine. Where you, where you grew up in church and, and at some point in time you walked away. Your thinking changed on who God was and what he thought of you. Maybe what, what you think God thinks about you has kept you from coming back. And I'm here to tell you today that this is your moment, that you get to come back. Because the truth is, God knows what you did last night, and he doesn't care. He loves you all the same. He knows what you've done in your past, and he's not overwhelmed by it. He sent his son Jesus to pay the price for it. It's already dealt with. It's already settled. Change your thinking on this. Know that God loves you. And he's not mad at you. He's not waiting on you to come back so that he can beat you up and give you a whole list of rules or make you a servant and a slave in his house. That's not God's nature. In fact, when you return home, the Bible says that all of heaven has a party. That's who God is. So in this moment right now, I'm just asking, is there anyone in this room that needs to come back or to say yes for the very first time, that Jesus needs to be Lord of your life so that you can know God, so that you can know his peace, so that you can, know, you can have your past settled and eternity in heaven? If that's you and you're here in this place, I'm going to pray a prayer. 
And, the, and I would love to know if you're joining me in that prayer. So right now, this is your moment. Believe it or not, all of this has been designed for you. For this moment. And if you're here and you're going to say yes today, would you just slip your hand up and say, Aaron, that's me today. Do that now. That's awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Anybody else? Say, Aaron, this is my moment. Thank you. Everybody, let's pray together. Nobody prays alone. Say, Jesus, I need you. Be Lord of my life. Settle my past. Make me brand new. I want to know how much you love me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, church. Can we celebrate with those that have said yes today? Come on. Not only is heaven celebrating with you, but we're celebrating too. And I want to encourage you, those of you that have just said yes, like, like growth tracks for you. I already, ta- already talked about it. It'll start in February. Go. D- don't. Just go. I promise you to be the best part of your week. Go. Amen. Right. This time, we're going to wrap up our service, but I want to remind you that, that, hey, if you said yes to Jesus, make sure you mark that Connect card. You can drop it in the give box on the way out. What's the give box? Well, we don't pass the buckets here at Simple Church. In fact, if you came ready to give an offering or if you came to give of your tithes, you can do that several ways. We have an app, which I've talked about several times. If you didn't get the app, get the app, all right, but you can give right on there or you can text to give. That number is 84321. You can text to give uh, there or you can give. There's a bucket or a, a, a box, a give box in the back of the room. You can just drop it in as you walk out. Uh, but, 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 but feel free to do that. I want to share one last thing with you as, as we go, and I'm going to pray, is, is that, that uh, you know, I don't know if you've been down in kids' ministry, which, by the way, if, you, if you're trying to get down there before service, uh, I know that that's not possible, but you might be able to sneak down there. But if you have an opportunity, you should, you should get down there. Ask somebody to give you a tour. Man, it, and, and I say that because your generosity in your giving made it possible for us to renovate that whole space down there. It is beautiful. It is colorful. All the chairs are like multicolored. They have our own stage down there. There's carpeting in some of the rooms now, and there's more renovations to come. But we love our kids, and we love that we're able to provide such an incredible environment for them. And I just want to thank you for your generosity, and I think you should go check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Ask a kids worker to take you down there or come at another time during the week. I'm happy to give you a tour, but it is really, really amazing down there, and the format's changed completely. The kids have their own, like, stage event now, right? Like, they're doing songs and skits, and they're just having a blast. And so... I just want to thank you for your generosity that made all that possible. And just, and just from the bottom of my heart, and I know if the kids could come tell you that, they would, they would as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me pray for you, Lord. Thank you so much for all you're doing in us and for us and through us. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to get our thinking correct and to change and shift our habits and ultimately change and shift who we are. Do this work in us this week, Lord, as we turn down the volume of the world and turn up songs of worship. God, be with us. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. We'll see you back here next week.